Philip Bruce working in the PwC as a photographer, videographer, drone pilot, and also working in the porn industry as a cameraman, getting up close and personal. Mmm, yummy, yummy. Anyway, let's contact uh, Philip, who is in lockdown as well. Hi there, buddy. Where are you at? You know, enjoying the confinement, uh, enjoying the the sun, beautiful weather. You know, working in the garden. I'm a yeah. I'm a pilot from Belgium, and I think you are too. So you know pretty much what it involves. Absolutely. So we have something strongly in common. Um, Philippe, as an introduction, is one of the. Well, I think you are the official, um, I don't know if we call it photographer, forward slash videographer, drone pilot, but you make the most beautiful, and everybody knows it, um, footage for the PwC. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not the only one. There used to be uh, some more, you know, like there was uh, uh, Mark Godfra from, from Holland. He was uh, also doing some uh, really nice videos at the time, and I came after him. And now, you know, I I unload some stuff uh, on other people because it's getting too much. We, we got the Asian tour now, so, and uh, it could be, uh, they're talking about doing the, the Pan American tour again, so I don't know. So, Tom Curden, I don't know if you know him, also a Belgian guy. Yeah. He, he's been picking up the slack where I cannot uh, fulfill my duty. Now, if any of you folks have never seen Philippe's material, I extremely and highly recommend urgently just checking out you're extremely at ease in the air. You follow along while the race is going on. You're often with the leaders, yet you are holding a camera or two and changing a battery while cutting your nails and scratching your nuts. How the hell do you do that? How, um, can you tell us how you feel? Um, how have you gotten your headspace to that? Give us something like that, please. Well, uh, it's, it's not that hard. You know, when I started paragliding, I already had been, uh, you know, doing some amateur video you know, by, by a few, few, since a few years. And then, you know, by then, back then, the cameras were huge and heavy, you know, and just no jokes here. You could not hold that in the air. So uh, I went through, you know, a few cameras, you know, you'd land by, bam, cameras did. And, uh, you know, with the years, it's only got uh, smaller, lighter. So it's getting easier and easier. Yeah, the GoPro are fantastic today. I assume you, you shoot with the Hero 8, full stabilization, top of the range kind of crap. What do you use in your hand otherwise? Well, you know, they got these new 360 caps now. It's pretty cool. Uh, it has some issues, but it's improving. And I've got this uh, a bridge camera, you know, it's like, a, it looks like a DSLR, but it's not. It's kind of a, a mix of all trades or, you know, it's like a Swiss Army knife of videographers and photographers. It's light, it's got a huge zoom and great quality. So, you know, why, why, what else? <laughs> you know, the GoPros are nice too, you know. But now I have a, a Sony sports cam and I'm really happy with it. Oh, very, very good. Very good, very good. Right, let's backpedal a little bit and go back to your history, please, mate. 
Where did you start paragliding? When did you start paragliding? What was your best and what was your absolute nightmare glider that you've ever owned? All right, that's three questions. Uh, first one, when I started, it was 95 paragliding, but 94, I already had done some uh, classes hang gliding, you know, and coming back home with you know, blood on my clothes. My mom was pissed off. Hey, it just doesn't come off. Yeah, so then on the next hill, there was a paraglider guys, and we were running with those old contraptions, you know, the hang gliders back then. There's no way you get off the ground with those, so you're going run, 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 run. You get to the bottom of the hill, bam, nose dive, you hit the frame. Uh, those guys had like old, old people take it off and just smoothly going down the hill. So I told my friend, hey, I'm going to paragliding. And they're like, oh, boo, boo. <laughs> it's like, yeah, fuck you. So uh, I started paragliding, and then my friend Pierre, maybe you know him, uh, he came to paragliding. It's like, hey, I've been doing this the same, you know, uh, doing a school hill for God knows when. I still haven't flown paragliding. Boom, you're in the air in, uh, in the first day, and, and you're doing a big flight. So that was, that was 95, uh, 97, first uh, international com champ competition, Castellon de Sauce World Championship. Okay, my first glider was a ADG Mikado, piece of shit. I mean, that was horrible. <laughs> you know, you could get airborne a little bit better than uh, the old hang gliders, but just by a small margin. So it was just a an improved base uh, jump, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible, was it? You'd be happy if you made the landing field kind of story. Oh no, I never made it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can make it. Nope, three. So the glide ratio would have been about a three and a half to one, some crap like that, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's what the guy came up to me uh, to tell me, like, hey, your glider is four, don't even try. It's like, yeah, right. So I tried and I hit the tree, but that was all right. Mm -hmm. Horrible. And what is the sweetest glider you think you've ever flown? Sweetest glider? I don't know, I think it's still coming. There's The problem with gliders now uh, is that you need to have them really well-tuned to get the best out of them, you know, any glider really well tuned is really nice. You know, they have really good gliders now. Uh, there used to be some stories of gliders in the past, like the Junkers. Have you heard of the Junkers? Yes, that's my surname, but yeah, go on. <laughs> Junkers profile was like a death trap. People told me, like, hey, I, I was telling, I was, getting, I was asking a friend who I started with, hey, that looks cheap. Hey, what do you think of this? Don't even touch it with your eyes. It, it hurts. <laughs> anyway, we had a friend who, who did a SIV, uh, unfortunate, I mean, involuntary SIV in front of us with one of them. So we got the picture. But um, the sweetest yeah. glider, I mean, the, the, the boom, no, not the boom, the, the leopard is really nice. I tried it and it's just fantastic glider. Uh, I love my flow right now. I really like my Boom 10, but it just keeps getting better. You know, the next one is better, the next one is better, and characteristics are better. I really like some uh, some brands, uh, you know, feel. Like, I tried the UP, um, what's the one, the, the Guru? The UP Guru has got an amazing turn. It was, it's just, it's almost, I don't know, it's sexual, but it's, 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 the best turn ever you know everything else you get to do like yeah you manage the right turn you gotta it's like a three-part move you know you turn left and then you have to compensate on the right and weight shift let it all go to 
to let the glider pick up some speed and pull so it doesn't dive and stuff like this to do a turn. But the UP is just jet fighter. Yeah, I love it that glider manufacturers have still got something in them. And it's not like they're all exactly the same to fly. For sure, you can feel the difference if you fly an Enzo, if you fly a, a, a Guru, if you go for one of the Bruce Goals, the Leopard you spoke of. I mean, the Evox, any of the top gliders, the Nivooks. I mean, there are some sensational gliders out there. Triple Seven are producing such beautiful bloody gliders in the B and the C class. Just unbelievable, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I used to know a guy uh, from Taiwan. What he did, he just bought all of them. Really? Yeah, he just bought all the top uh, competition gliders and then make his pick or just, you know, take, take his time to do it, take his pick and then sell the one he didn't like or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was at Saint-Hilaire in um, uh, September or what was it, uh, uh, August, and I had a beautiful, beautiful flight on the new Mac Magus. Uh, just stunning. I mean, that Petrochek can produce such That's a beautiful the glider. glider. That's and uh, absolutely so sweet. Uh, you know, to see to see gliders at the moment, my lightweight glider is a a, a a mentor three light. It's a three generations old. It's still a three liner, and it still flies so bloody well. But I want to make a little reflection on a comment you made earlier about our modern gliders really having to be in tune. Uh, you want to comment on that a little more? Oh yeah, man. One centimeter difference makes. I mean, all the difference in the world between, I mean, it makes a difference between life and death. It has to be at the crucial point in your canopy. But, you know, I've, I've had it tuned, you know, with a friend of mine called Daniel Meunier. He's a Belgian guy living in Tenerife now. He's taken uh, glider checking to the extreme, you know, to a level unsurpassed. He's getting his gliders down to the one to one millimeter accuracy, you know. One millimeter. Well, we thought... mean, you, you have no idea what it means, you know. It's, it's, no, absolutely. You, you know what, when you do one measurement and you do the same measurement once again, it's not the same measure. Absolutely. So I you could not compensate know. for that. And how do you do it? You, you have to take yeah. three measures and then you have to, to develop some methods to, to get a you know, consistent uh, measurement uh, throughout, you know. And well, then, you just the idea for somebody to interview a South African called Adam who's I don't know if you saw him um, you weren't in Cape Town or in Portable in December but he basically has come with a revolutionary new sliding uh, measuring machine and let me tell you it's quite spot on so we might uh, ask him for a comment or two yeah yeah well, I mean I've seen some very nice things uh, I've heard of very nice things but that's just uh, the, the main difference is the speed at which you can do it Right? Am I right? Because uh, clear it. if you have, if clear. you have, let's say, the same parameters every time to do your measurements, so that's that that becomes a given. It becomes a constant. So uh, the rigs that I've seen really improve on the speed at which you can do a glider. Yeah, for sure. I mean, some of the guys from Slovenia, some of the guys from uh, Croatia, um, and. Uh, you know, some of the top guys who, who are measuring hundreds and hundreds of gliders um, in unbelievable time. I mean, I had a whole line set change. Um, okay, granted, we were four or five uh, French people, uh, including the Lamberts, who were getting involved in helping me. And it, uh, in two hours flat, we had finished a complete line change on a glider. So, you know, when you know what you're doing, of course, that one millimeter, as you're talking about a guy, Danielle, who's um, able to do it 
so pedantically. I find it admirable. I think it's it's an art form actually. Oh, it's it's uh, it's like a religion. It's yeah, it's an art form of art. It's it's like a samurai, you know, seeking perfection in every move. Um, uh, you know, uh, I just have now a replacement for my Enzo 3 in the form of a Zeno. It's done 20 hours. It probably needs, uh, it probably desperately needs uh, um, a trim. And it's been recommended to me that this happens and that happens for ultimate performance. I'm like, I would never think of that kind of thing. But the guys who know what they're doing and tuning the gliders. So maybe it's a message for everybody out there to think about the tuning of your gliders. You may fly a B glider and it's a full liner from the past. And you think, oh, this thing flies quite nicely. Get it tuned. What do you say to that? Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, 30 hours stops and then your glider is just anywhere from, uh, you know, turning left or stalling and shit like this, you know, collapsing. So, speaking to Philippe uh, Brewers here, and he is uh, telling us about flying along in the PwC circuit, hanging out the harness from one side amongst the leaders in the leading pack. He's always higher than them. He's always to the left or right, where the camera angle looks good, where the sun looks good. Unbelievably talented pilot. And he will just cut the last corner, maybe not get the last turn point, but be at goal, over goal, or uh, down, spiraling down while he's photographing, holding not only a GoPro, a 360 camera, and an SLR all at the same time. How the hell do you do that? I still don't get it. Well, uh, you need a, a nice compartment to put the, the big cameras, but the GoPros, uh, you know, you have something on your riser, that's okay. And also, You've got these 360 cams, so you put it put it anywhere and you get the right shot anyway. Better, easier, higher quality. You have to capture the moment. That's that's the key. You know, capture the moment of of, of the of the shot, the essence of the shot. And uh, you can only do that with a a camera you can point really fast. And for that, there's no alternative than with your hand. You have to you have to, to stop shake any shaking or of your hand or anything. You know, take a deep breath. It's like sharpshooting. I'm an airborne like sniper. Tell the listeners out there where they can uh, um, uh, check your footage out. Where where can where can we find you? Well, it's on YouTube now. You know, my Vimeo channel has been suspended. So soon, I'm looking for a place to put all the archive from all these years of the World Cup. Somewhere safe where it can be downloaded in one in bulk, you know, so you have all the stuff. I still haven't found it. Maybe BitChute could be good. If you have any option, any suggestion, I'll be taking. Anybody out there who'd like to contact Philip Brewers, you can definitely throw things my way and I'll pass the message on with pleasure. What a talent in paragliding. What a guy with a funny, funny and crazy story and always a life of the party where he is. You've got a beer in your hand. You've got some chips I can hear or some kind of snack there. It's good for you. You've just been watering your garden. You're in Belgium right now. Tell us a funny story, please. A funny story? In Belgium? <laughs> Are there no funny stories in Belgium? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I had one in Belgium. That was quite funny. Uh, Let's hear it. Well, By it, was, way. it was published in cross country. I mean, still, uh, I it was a competition. You know, uh, went cross country with a bunch of guys. Uh, they took a different option at one point, 
and it was clearly one of us was going to win. And um, long story short, finally glide. I'm going to win. I'm winning. Totally relaxed. Da -da -da, singing in the air. And uh, sun flying into the sunset, you know, with sun in my face. So I'm like going along uh, this uh, motorway. And I'm going to this landing on this uh, little patch of grass. Nice grassy field. You know, at the last moment, I'm like four meters from the ground. Pooh, hard power line. I hadn't seen it because of uh, the sun in my face. <laughs> Into the glider, sparks fly. Bam, on my back. Not hurt. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> so I undo my harness and start running away. And I'm just waiting for this thing to catch on fire any moment, but it doesn't. You know, the, the, the electric grid tries to reconnect, but it 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 uh, it shorts at the at the pole, and my glider doesn't start a fire, so uh, I start pulling it out, and uh, nothing, nothing. Just uh, it was a UP Gambit C at the at the time. Some lines were blackened, but everything was fine. So I start to pack it up. The police comes, the mayor of the village. Actually, there's a village, but there's a mayor, but there's only one guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's the mayor for himself. <laughs> Apparently, I cut the current in the whole village. A little police report, and it was fine. Uh, I had to pay for the power line. In the end, some of it. Insurance covered some of it, too. I went, and then I went back to the headquarters, and like everybody knew, oh, Phil hit a power line. Is he okay? Yeah. <laughs> I won the day. <laughs> Anyway, as long as you won, that's all that was important. Hey? It doesn't matter that you flew into a power line, eh, dude. You know what came through, what came after in Belgium? It's like, hey, is this how you get current in acro? <laughs> you know? Anyway, well, we have to put it a little damper on on it and and say there has been a South African youngster who has had it not so lucky as you, and uh, he ended up in a very bad way. And we all think of him. We try to support him where we can. And uh, actually, he's coming back with a big bounce and he's doing really, really well. So good on him. Bloody deadly gambit sea, a glider that a lot of people would have said was the worst glider that they ever owned. Which just, if you looked at it, it would fall out of the sky. Nah, it was fine. It was fine. Is there any lesson for everybody? Anybody? Uh, any younger airtime pilots with regards to power lines? Anything you'd warn them, warn them against? Oh, yeah. I mean, look look down. Look where you're going. Uh, look left and right all the time. You're never safe. Just like Greta said, you know, I want you to panic. So you have to be in a, you know, in a state of fear all the time. You know, like the highest... DEFCON 1, you know, uh, highest uh, alert level. And then once you've done this a few a few times and uh, you're comfortable with being panicked all the time, you develop a little space where this is like your tourist space in your brain where you can actually relax and enjoy. But that's on top of all that, you know, hyper alert state. That's it. Just be alert. Attention. Pay attention to everything. Every detail. Fantastic. Listen, um, so you haven't only worked in paragliding. You have also, and I think you still currently work in a different industry. Would you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually not. This year I told my boss uh, that uh, 
I wasn't gonna be able to uh, because uh, I had too much work to do. I had to fix uh, my house in Tenerife, so I didn't have time. Yeah, yeah, you talk about the porn industry. The porn industry. So how did the how did you actually end up filming in the porn industry? You're the guy who holds the camera uh, uh, 15 centimeters from the girl's vagina while she's faking the best orgasm of her life. Tell, please, I am intrigued. And no, I'm no, sure no, 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 no. Both male and female would like to hear one or two stories from deep down inside. Excuse the pun. So the guy with the camera, close shots, that's my boss. I'm doing the the dolly, which is, a, I mean, it's like a, a rail. The camera is on a dolly, which is fixed, and it's on a rail, a sliding rail. And I take the camera from left to right very slowly, and then from right to left very slowly. And again, that's that's my job. And then I, you know, I I built some sets, you know, stuff like this. But uh, I'm not an actor. I mean, you get to work with amazing equipment, you know, in the highest quality. In, in Tenerife, there there are lots of uh, uh, production crews that come to to shoot their, their movies. I don't know if you saw The Witcher, the series. I have not. I have not. You have not. Well. Uh, most of it is filmed in the Canarias, and oh, man, the landscape is amazing. You know, you get so much uh, variety there. Anyway, and uh, in Tenerife, a lot of crews come, and it's my dream to work with uh, one of them one day. Who knows? Well, that's wonderful. I think it's great that you've got things for the future and things that you really look forward to. I mean, I think that's what life's all about. Uh, uh, but uh, honestly said, is there something besides paragliding? Um, I don't know about your life, but paragliding is an absolutely essential in mine. What do you say to that? Well, wait till they come with the wing foils that you can fly with. But you know what a wing foil is? I don't know what a wing foil is. Please enlighten me. Well, you've seen, uh, it's like kite surfing, but it's like, it's like a, a, a kite. You use it to ride on the foil, on the foil board. No, it's a kite. That you have no lines, just uh, you hold it like a wing. It's a wing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've tried one. Um, you ride it with a foil board. You come out of the water and ride the board that uh, comes out of the water. You know what a foil board is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more efficient, but you can do it with a normal board, but you need a damn fucking lot of wind. Robbie Nash reckons just one four square meter size uh, wing foil is all you need. And um, let me tell you, they are flying quite well and... Uh, a fantastic wing to it makes a lot of sense and you'd you'd wonder why we haven't created something like that it's kind of back to the future it's like kind of going back in time it's old school it's really simple you keep your um uh, up um, your your fore your arm that's in the front um rigid and straight out and your back arm is literally just bending and pulling in and, and lifting up and it's really really simple to ride and uh, yeah it's quite a laugh i have to say it's not quite as exciting as kite surfing for me but uh I do have to say the wing foil has its place. That's for sure. Oh, it's nice to it's nice to have one to play with because it's it's just starting in the future. I mean, that thing is designed to fly. Come on, it certainly is designed to fly. And when when they go with the next generations of them, I think they're going to come out with something quite fantastic. So, yeah, for beginners, I think it's pretty pretty nice. I would like to ask you very very lastly: Have you got anything that you would like to give us a life lesson? Um, maybe. Uh, some message about what will happen for us or what you hope happens after Corona. Anything you'd like to say about uh, um, what up-and-coming pilots should look at in cross-country flying? You choose the question. Wow. 
I don't know. Well, one uh, lesson in life is like nothing ever works out, but eventually uh, you come through. You'll pull through. Uh, a pilot that's coming up, you got Baptiste Lambert. That guy, pff, he can walk. He's on fire, man. He is a smoking. Yeah, yeah, and he's a mathematician. So double fucked. I mean, there's no chance. He's already an amazing pilot. He's protected by some sort of divinity. I've seen it myself. You know, he's getting a plus eight. I'm just really high behind him. I come in, just get sync. <laughs> no explanation. I mean, paragliding at one point it becomes metaphysic. You, you have to accept that you're not in control. The invisible powers are have the power. You're doing great. Uh, Philippe Brewers from Belgium, an excellent photographer, a brilliant, brilliant pilot, been part of the PWC circuit for a very long time. Just in conclusion, let's really finish this up with this very last question. What do the next seasons hold for you? Where do you see yourself going, Philippe? Well, nowhere, obviously. Most events have been cancelled, man. Do you think we're stuck in this for a long time? Well, if we let the politicians have their way, yes. If the politicians have their way, let's get into this and let's get political for a moment. Uh, what do you see as a big problem in the world today? What would you say if you could have a voice to the president of the EU or for Donald Trump? What would you say? Okay, let's leave Donald Trump's. Uh... Well, I, I don't think I'm qualified to say anything. You know, if it was, I'm not Greta Thunberg. You're not going to put my ass up there. Let me say whatever I want. No, no. No, I mean, uh, for the future, I've got a simple solution, but I can't say it, you know. Why don't you say it? Try it. All right. Legalize all drugs. That's a very good one. That's it. That's the only solution. I mean, first, it will make amazing revenue for the government, which they can spend on hospitals, eh, finally. And then all this uh, will be regulated, which means there will not be uh, people ready to do anything for pff, basically Drain fluid. Yeah, I'm with you, you know, on that, this one. Uh, that, that's how crime works. You know, everything you, you make illegal becomes an item of uh, of desire and uh, what, which people, some people will pay any price to get. There's nothing you can do. I've, I've, been, I've read books about uh, opium, uh, the, the politics and the economy of opium since the beginning. Yep. New story, let's hear it. So, it's, it's happening during uh, the World Championship in Governador Valadares. Everything was fine. It's ama an amazing competition. Every day we fly crazy distances and lots of people in goal. Everybody's happy. Valadares is an amazing place to go party. Everybody's meeting together in the bars, you know. Some people want to go to the discotheque. So, yeah, let's go to the discotheque and, you know, perfect synchronized move so some go first then I, I hang out hang around at the bar and then i go and then when i arrive there's this uh story i mean this guy standing out like oh we have a big problem eva is stuck inside she can't come out i was like what well apparently she had dropped her you know beverage card that you get when you get in they didn't want to let her out unless she paid like 300 euros or something it makes a mess and then uh more pilots come and they, you know like it becomes like a like like a ma major 
I don't know, some people in the streets are making, we're like a bunch of pilots trying to get her out, trying to reason the people inside. They don't want to hear it. Eva is on the other side. They won't let her out. She's all in, she's all alone inside. It's getting close to closing time. At one point, Matt Syndergaard is trying to, to reason with them in Portuguese because he's the only one speaking Portuguese. And there's this huge bouncer. I think it was Akimios at the time. There was Torsten Siegel, Akimios, Matt Syndergaard. Uh, that I remember, I mean, there were a bunch of Germans, a bunch of uh, us. At one point, I don't know if it's Mads or if it's uh, if it's Akim or if it's Torsten or something, tried to grab Eva, tried to get her out of the bar and just get get on with it, you know. And then uh, this bouncer is not letting it happen, you know. He's to break the, 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 the grip. And there's this huge uh, fence, which is made of like... A, 10 by 10 centimeter uh, square um, steel beams. And then there's there's so much pressure that with the bouncer, which is a huge guy, the thing bends, <laughs> it just bends. Police arrived and then uh, some guys had to spend the night in prison, Eva and, <laughs> and some Germans and, and Mads. <laughs> Never, they did spend the night in prison, did they? Yeah, 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 court trial and everything but i think she skipped bail i'm not sure i didn't follow on the story crazy absolutely I mad slowly, slowly moved to the ice cream parlor next door and pretended i had nothing to do with it <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the the story about the crash you know the guy who died uh and i yeah. I, I tried to rescue and that's uh you know so that's how that's how i started to woke up basically so, Philippe, uh, you have started in the World Cup in a very, let's say, uh, a less than funny way. Tell us the story, please. It was during the Europeans in Greece. Yeah, I think it was Calavrita. Uh, Carlos Izquierdos from Spain uh, entered a, a spiral, I mean, big collapse, cravat spiral, and... Uh, really close i mean one or two kilometers away on course uh, on in the race and then uh i was thinking he was going to throw a rescue but probably the g's were too intense or something and bam he impacted in a gnarly terrain you know lots of rocks everywhere no trees nothing so you know fuck fuck the results man i'm going in i i tell myself you know it's, it's gonna be tricky because it's on the lee side i give myself one try you know like if i can land i'll land if i can't man i'm just too bad man i'll i'll have to i'll have to pass but you know i found a zone which is relatively landable so i land on the side of a hill and and undo my harness we'll go running to talk to get to see how the guy is and he's in really bad shape you know he's got massive head trauma broken wrist broken everything so uh, Try to get contact with the the guys uh, at the organization. Really bad connection. The only people I can talk to is the French team. It goes bad, you know. We don't get the helicopter requested. It takes too much time. I stay on top. I don't even know how long it took, you know. To, to me, it seemed like a, like an eternity. But when they came, I was just, you know, doing massage, uh, uh, heart massage, and uh, mouth to mouth respiration to keep him alive because he was just. He, uh, he was going and uh the, the rescue arrived they 
pulled me away. They didn't do. They didn't keep on doing the respiratory. And then the helicopter came. They pulled him in the, the helicopter. They said he had a pulse when he got into the helicopter, but he didn't make it. You know, when he arrived at the hospital, he was declared dead. So I decided to quit paragliding. And uh, a few months later, uh, Stéphane de Roy contacted me on behalf of the World Cup because I had been doing videos for every big competition event, putting it online at the time. It was the beginning of YouTube, beginning of uh, all these uh, video services. And uh, he said, hey, how do you feel about doing video for the World Cup? And I thought, well, okay. <laughs> and that's it. I started, I mean, it's like a rebirth, you know, it's like doing, doing what I love again with uh, the best of the best. It's, it's like a, a life achievement, a life. I mean, I don't think I could do better. Mate, I want to tell you that you deserve a life achievement, achievement award in paragliding. You have such a talent and I'll repeat it again. See you later, my friend. Let's wrap it up right there. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast and hope to speak to you again soon. All the very best with uploading your... But YouTube is still going strong. Uh, I got my own channel under my name, Philippe Browers, and then there's a Paralyzing World Cup PWCA channel where we have some archives there with, with different music. So. Thank you. Uh, it was a pleasure. Speak to you soon. Ciao, buddy. Yeah, ciao.